Thank you for sharing this time with me today. I want to wish you a happy 4th of July weekend because this is a time every year that we love to celebrate freedom. You know, and even as we look around our world right now, as we've been struggling with a global pandemic in our own country at the unrest, but not just on that large scale, as we look at our own families, as I look at myself, part of what drives me is trying to understand what does freedom look like for all of us all the time? You know, how do I become free from some of my bad habits? How do I find more freedom, more peace, more joy in relationships with my spouse and with my kids. And I don't know about you, but when I think about those things, like there's a part of me that wants to be the hero, right? Like wants to be the one on the front lines who's bringing the victory. I want to be the savior. I want to be the captain. I want to be the conqueror. I want to be the victor. But like that song we just heard, this is why I love that song. There are so many times when I realize I'm not up to the task. I can't really be the savior for our world, let alone my family, let alone myself. I'm only human after all. See, but to me, that's not a reason to give up. And I don't think that's what the Bible would tell us either. In fact, one of my favorite parts in that song, he says, I'm no prophet or Messiah. Like, let me just own, I am not the one who can see the future. I am not the one that can save the world. Then he says, We've got to look somewhere higher. In fact, as we've been spending time in our AKA series, I think that's why we're spending this time. Because the Bible is going to suggest that Jesus is that something higher, that he is the Messiah, that he is the one who can save. But, but what does that mean and what does that look like? And that's why we get a little better picture by learning to understand Jesus through some of his nicknames. In fact, we've been going through this book in the Bible called Hebrews. And I found one in here as, as Chad was challenging me to pick a nickname to talk about that I'd never really seen before and it's become one of my favorites. It actually comes out of Hebrews chapter two and it's verse 10. It says, for it was fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings the captain of their salvation. That's a nickname for Jesus. Right here in these words, it is again describing for us as we've seen a couple times in recent weeks that Jesus is God. That's why it says that it's him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. The idea that if the Bible is what it says it is, if God is who he says he is, if he made all of this and he made all of us, then he gets the credit for all of it. He gets that glory. And yet, he is the one who wants to bring us to glory. In fact, that phrase, many sons, the Greek word there can be more like children. Sons, daughters, men, women, children, everyone. That even though Jesus is the God who deserves all glory, he wants to bring us to glory by being the captain of salvation you see, when we celebrate our freedom at this time of year, we have all kinds of stories of generals, of captains, of people who, who lead from the front lines. You know, I think that's part of what we're looking here when we want to understand who Jesus is. You want to follow the captain who leads you to glory. Right? I mean, you think about maybe some of the best bosses that you've worked for, you know, the kind of employer that you want to be, you know, 
on a sports team or, or anywhere, you don't really want to follow the person who sits in the back, says, go do the thing, and then bring me the reward, bring me the results. You know, the person on the team who farms out all the responsibilities and then when it's done, they take all the credit. <laughs> I don't know about you. That's not the captain that I like to follow. I want to follow the captain who leads to glory. You see, the picture here is that Jesus already has that glory. He is going to be glorified, but he wants to bring you with him. Because the best captains, the best leaders, know how to encourage and reward the people who follow them. So there's a real picture here that the Bible is inviting us not just to know about Jesus, but to actually follow him as a captain, as a leader. So what is this idea of glory? Well, in one sense, the Bible talks about a lot of layers of this, but some of this is that he brings the rewards of victory to you and that those can begin right now when we talk about things like unconditional love, joy, that does not change just because my circumstances do. Peace with my loved ones, with my family, with my significant other, and with God. And ultimately, it's a picture that even as that begins in this life, that can last for eternal life. That's the victory, that's the glory that this captain wants to lead us to. And notice, back in that same verse, when it says that he wants to bring us to glory because he is the captain worth following, it also says that Jesus was made perfect through sufferings. Now, how is that possible? Suffering seems like a negative thing, and yet it says that he was made perfect through suffering. Well, to help you understand that, I actually heard a story recently about Chris Van Gorder, who is the CEO of Scripps Health out on the West Coast, a $3 billion health system. And I thought his story was really interesting for this concept, this, you know, what does it look like to be made perfect through suffering? Well, it may be a little bit of a different angle, but Chris wasn't always the CEO of the company. In fact, he had worked some of the lowest jobs in the company. He had been a patient in that health system and he had seen from the front lines what it looked like to thrive, to survive, to succeed. He had seen what was working and what wasn't working from that front line perspective. So when he became CEO, all of the things that he changed, that he implemented, were built around, as he puts it in a book that he's written, leading from the front lines. Understanding what it's like for the person who may see themselves as the lowest in the company to actually go through their every day and feel successful. And then how could he bring them up and, and to use our language, lead them to glory? In fact, one of the things that he said in an interview, I, I love this because in some ways it's so simple, he said, in my life, my main priorities are taking care of my family, myself, and my faith. Scripps comes forth, and that's okay. I mean, think about the weight of a $3 billion health system and then to say, it's my fourth priority. <laughs> and, and he means it, that, that taking care of his family, taking care of himself, and taking care of his faith. 
that if those things are out of line, nothing else is gonna go well. And the reason that he supports that so much is because he believes that's true for the people who are following him as well. You see, that really becomes a second piece of what we understand about Jesus here. You see, we want to get help from the captain who knows your battle. When you hear a story like that, and, and, and nobody's perfect, and I'm not saying that we all have to do those things the same way, but what we like about it, I think what has us drawn to frontline leaders is that they've been there. They know what we're going through. You know, they've tried to commiserate on some level to understand what it is that frustrates me, that's hard for me, where I'm trying to do my best, but I'm not sure I have the resources I need, whatever that is. You want to get help from the captain who knows your battle. Even throughout history, some of the greatest generals we see are the ones who lead from the front lines. They ride their horses with their men, not sitting back in some building just moving pieces around, but they're actually part of the fight. See, that's what Jesus is for us. In fact, it puts it in a very unique way because a few sentences later, it says about Jesus, inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. Okay, what? (laughs) There's nothing there about front lines. There's nothing there about your battle. But don't miss this because we're using metaphors, front lines, battle, it used that metaphor of captain so that we could understand this kind of strange piece. Now, these children are the same children he wants to lead to glory. And what it says is that they have partaken of flesh and blood. Kind of a weird phrase, but all it literally means is you and me, men, women, children, we take part in being flesh and blood. We are only human after all. But here's what's really significant then is it says, just as much as you and I are flesh and blood, skin and bones, he himself likewise shared in the same. Now this is like some some deep theology kind of stuff about Jesus, but this actually becomes critical to the message of the Bible. That Jesus, we have seen already in this series and just a couple sentences ago, is God. And he is not some detached God who just looks down from heaven and says, "Um, I don't really know what it's like down there, but I think you're doing it wrong, (laughs) right? The Bible is so much more than just a book of rules or a book of like Aesop's fables kinds of stories with some good morals at the end. You see, what this is saying is that God loved you so much. He wanted so desperately to lead you to glory, to be the captain of your salvation, to show you what it's like to have success in a way that is everlasting. That instead of just staying in heaven and looking down, instead of being detached, he himself took part in being flesh and blood. Jesus, the Bible teaches, is God in the flesh. That's significant because what that means is he lived on the same planet we live on. I actually had a chance uh, this past uh, winter to go to Israel, like to walk in places God physically walked. (laughs) Like God became flesh, he had to put his sandals on and walk in the same places that everybody else did so that he would understand, he would know our battle. That is significant 
for you and I. Because if he is God, then he has all the power it takes to win any battle that you or I could any fa- ever face, to face any struggle, any trial, any pain that you or I could ever face. And if he's human, what he's telling you is he knows exactly what you're going through. That he cares so much about you individually that he actually wants to make a specific, unique, custom home designed plan for your success. That's the kind of captain that Jesus wants to be for us. You know, a few months ago, I made a new friend, a a guy named Ryan. And this is Ryan and his wife, April. And I wanted to tell you a little bit of their story because I think it captures this almost perfectly. See, Ryan and April actually are founders of a company right here in Cincinnati called the Aruna Project. Now, I had actually never heard of the Aruna Project before coming to Cincinnati, but I love what they do because Ryan and April have caught this vision for helping women in India who have been trapped in the sex slave industry find freedom, right? The exact kind of thing that we're celebrating right now. And as you listen to Ryan tell his story, it's incredible because he would have told you that he was not the guy to do this. In fact, he went on a global serving trip a number of years ago, not at Horizon, but with another group, where they actually went into India, into those brothels, to help break the women out and set them free. And as he went in there and he saw just how dark the world can be. You ever feel that in your own life or when you read the news? He felt like he couldn't go back in there And yet, now that he had seen their trial, now that he had seen their suffering, now that in some small part he had suffered alongside them, he also knew he couldn't just forget about it. He had to do something to help them maintain their freedom. And in fact, as Ryan and April looked at starting this company, what they realized was one of the main problems for these women is that when they come out of slavery when they get out of that situation, they have nowhere to go, nowhere to live, no job. And so they end up going right back in to that negative situation because it's the only thing they know and it feels safer than being alone. And so the Aruna Project, the company that they started, actually part of its budget comes from giving, but part of the budget comes from selling consumer goods all over the world because these women have become craftsmen. They are artisans for the Aruna Project, hand weaving, creating backpacks, hairbands, headbands, all kinds of things that then can be sold to help them make an income so that they have firm income, a firm place to live. They can pay their rent. It gives them more freedom. And it started because somebody knew their battle. Because people knew what they were going through and wanted to do something about it. In fact, even in these recent days of COVID, they too were not allowed to come to work. They had to stay home. And Aruna Project was able to, essentially they set up an entire second version of their budget so that even if everybody stateside lost everything, those women would continue to get paid because their freedom was that important. I love that story. Because I I don't know about you, maybe you're not starting a company uh, this weekend to celebrate the 4th of July. (laughs) I mean, maybe you are. Maybe, Maybe you already have a company or you're in a leadership position there. But part of what I want you to hear in that story 
is Jesus' heart for you. We often talk about how we want to do like that, like like what God has done for me, I want to do for others. That's what Ryan and April did. But first you have to hear, that is God's heart for you. That God came into that place that seemed too dark, that seemed overwhelming to see your pain, to feel your pain, to know your struggle, to know how you're tempted and to make a plan for your freedom. Like that he can be the savior that we can't be because he was human after all. In fact, that's why, again, a couple of sentences later, it says, for in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Remember I mentioned earlier, it said that he was made perfect through suffering. This is why. The word tempted here can take a couple connotations. It could be a trial. There's something difficult that you go through. It could be literally temptation, the way you and I think about it. Temptation to comparison, always comparing myself with other people. Temptation to lust or pornography. Temptation to substance. Temptation to gossip. Temptation to give in to anger. All of these things Jesus has faced, but unlike you and I, if we're just honest with ourselves, um, I have not always overcome the temptation. I have not always made it through the trial. There are places that we have failed But he is the one. When I have to admit that I'm no prophet, I'm no Messiah, but I've got to look for something higher. He is that someone higher who has faced our suffering. He knows what it's like to be betrayed by his closest friends. He knows what it's like to have family members attack him and call him a liar. He knows what it's like to experience pain beyond any migraine or back pain, the pain of the cross, and yet your pain, like those things I just said, your sickness, your disease, those matter to him with the depth of the heart of God because he understands better than anybody else. He knows how to face temptation and overcome it every single time. That's the glory he wants to bring you to. That's the victory he wants to offer when he says that that he is the captain of salvation. When we say that, that we wanna follow the lead of the one who leads us to glory, that when we say we wanna follow the one who understands our battle, this is what the Bible is offering through Jesus Christ. Somebody who knows the battle, has won the battle, and wants to lead you, to bring you there, to show you how to have that same victory. You see, this is the captain who has overcome every temptation. The captain who has overcome pain. The captain who has overcome betrayal. The captain who has overcome disease. The captain who has overcome racism. The captain who has overcome lust. This is the captain who has overcome anger. The captain who has overcome frustration. The captain who has overcome the searing pain of the loss of a loved one. But perhaps most of all, this is the captain who has overcome death itself. See, that is part of being led to glory. It tells us that through death, he might destroy him 
who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. See, this is why he is the captain worth following because we are in bondage, right? That's the metaphor that it's using here. And it's, it's more than just like, I'm in bondage to my bad mistakes. It's more than just, I'm in bondage to the consequences of my failures. It's more than just, you know, bondage to anxiety or worry or whatever else is going on around me. The picture here is that I am actually in bondage to death. <laughs> and that's where the metaphor kind of fades away and reality sets in. That every single one of us will die someday. And you think about how much time we spend trying to avoid that thing. Some of us more than others can spend a lot of time worrying about thing, that thing. I, I think in this past season with a global pandemic, if we're honest, we've all thought about that a lot more. And, and we make different decisions on how we're going to handle it and what that looks like. But part of why we talk about masks and sanitizing in 20 seconds and all those things is we're trying to help as many people as possible avoid death. But what God has in mind here is even greater. Notice it says Jesus did this through death. The thing that in a sense is our greatest fear and our greatest bondage. He is the captain who can lead us even through death because he went there first. He has already been to the front lines of death and he rose again. Now, I don't know what you think about God, what you think about the Bible or how much you know, of this, you already would say, yes, I agree with that and I'm glad to hear it. Because I know that's one of the pieces where in my own faith, I wanna dig the deepest and ask the most questions. Like I see something like this, that, that Jesus did this through death. Because if that's true, what that means is that you can find freedom because the captain died for you. Right, like what a strange sentence. That your freedom actually comes through his death because through his death and resurrection, the Bible teaches he can offer you eternal life. That even if you go through death here, there is an everlasting life that is waiting where all of the glory, all of the blessings, the joy, the peace are waiting for you. That it starts now, but that it's fulfilled then. But that's a lot to take in. Find freedom because the captain died for you. In fact, one of the ways that I have the most fun, I think one of the ways that I have the most fun when I'm studying with guys you know, in a study group here at Horizon, I think really a big part of why Horizon exists is we want to explore exactly this kind of stuff. Like, I want to know what the Bible says so I can make a decision about it. And if that's really what it says, then I want to know, like, how can I have that certainty that it's true? That's why we do these exploring services that's why we love to ask these questions. That's why in the equipping service, we deep dive verse by verse because I don't want to miss this verse. This is the only place I could find that calls Jesus captain of salvation. And when I realized what it meant for him to lead me, man, I'm glad I didn't miss this one. You know, that's why we set up these comfortable environments just to try to get to know better, not just about God, but to have the chance to know God. And when I sit down with guys, I think because uh, 
I get on the stage and I teach and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's assumed that I have no more questions and I have all the answers and I never wonder about these things. Um, but if you've ever sat with me in a one-on-one or in, in, in one of our study groups, which um, are some of the most fun that I have here, you will hear me say, wait a minute. When everyone else just kind of nods like, I don't want to be the one to ask the question. I'm like, wait a minute. Is nobody going to say, am I really supposed to believe he died and rose himself from the dead? <laughs> right? I want to dig in. I want to know that there's evidence. Because if that's true, and I believe that it is, and we don't have time to go into all of it right now, but ask me. Ask Chad. You know, jump into the equipping service. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's this simple. You may be thinking today that you're ready to say, Jesus, I want to make you my captain. Or it may be that you're sitting here today and thinking, I've got more questions first. That does sound interesting to know what it actually says. Maybe you just pick up you know, one of the biographies that's in here about Jesus' life. Books you may have heard of, they're called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because they're named after the guys who wrote the biographies. But we just finished actually a, a two-year series in the book of Luke. It's just the life of Jesus. You read that book, you see the evidence. You hear what Jesus believes. You hear what he says. You hear what he wants for you. And maybe for you, it's to take some time to go beyond the weekend. Maybe five minutes. Maybe 15, I don't know to read a little bit of something of what Jesus would say to you through this book. You know, maybe it's watching for the next round of, of men's groups or women's studies. You know, we have things like authentic manhood coming up in the fall, but you don't even have to wait for that. If you've got a question, so do I. <laughs> and we'd love to talk anytime you want to get together because we believe that's such an important part of just being in this community, sharing this time together. You know, it may be it may be that you want somebody who can lead you that way, who can show you that kind of success. It may be that as I'm speaking, you're thinking of trials that you have faced that you're imagining, Drew, I, I appreciate what you're saying, but you have no idea what I've been through. The wonderful truth, if he is the captain of your salvation, is that maybe I have no idea what you've been through. Maybe I can't understand but he can. That's why it's so important that he is God and man. Because as God, he was perfect, never failed, never was condemned to death because of his actions. Instead, he lived the perfect life so that he could die to pay the penalty for us. That he could go first through that thing and lead us there. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I got a text from a friend because my friend Bruce uh, was dying of cancer. And his wife texted me that they had just brought him home on hospice. And Bruce is one of these guys, I mean, you talk about an encourager, do like everyone <laughs> all the time. You know, how much he just loves people and just how friendly and kind that he is. And so I, I gave him a call because, you know, it, it had been a little while since we talked. And I thought, I want to miss this chance to talk to Bruce again. And so without totally thinking about it, I called him on Father's Day <laughs> when he's like with his grandkids, with his kids. But he took my call and, and we got to talk a little bit. 
And you know, one of the things that just was so powerful to me is that Bruce is a guy who has done the hard work and he's decided that this is true. You know, Bruce is a guy who has trusted Jesus to forgive him and to give him eternal life. But that wasn't easy for Bruce. You know, he knew what it was like in his own life to struggle with addiction. He knew what it looked like when God, as a captain, led him out of that. And in fact, for decades then, after feeling like failure and failed relationships and all of the broken stuff that can come with that, he saw wonderful healing with his beautiful wife, Debbie, with their kids, with their grandkids. And by the time I met him, he was actually basically saying, hey, I found the guy who knows the way out. His name is Jesus. So if you follow me, I'll show you how to follow him. You know, Bruce became a guy who understood and could help other people get out of those kinds of situations, including me. He's just been a wonderful friend. And I think what this passage says, the kind of captain that he found, the reason that's so important is because I talked to Bruce on Father's Day and Bruce died the next day. And his wife had sent us one more text that Bruce said, I'm ready for Jesus. See, that is the confidence, the victory, that even though disease overcame him here, Bruce is healed, Bruce is whole, Bruce has life that will last forever. That's what we believe. That's what Jesus says he wants most of all for you as the captain of salvation. I don't know how that hits you, but you could actually meet Bruce someday if you want to. I got to warn you, he's a hugger. But that's something that's open to all of us. And so I don't want to pressure you. I don't have to force this, but maybe this is a time where you just want to be reminded. You want to just tell Jesus you want him to be your captain. And so if you do, I'm, I'm just going to pray that way right now because I think there are times that we just realize I can't be the Savior. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not strong enough. I need someone else to lean on. And we find an incredible friend in Jesus. So let's pray that way now. And maybe you just want to use these words. Jesus, I don't want to try to be the captain of my own life. I can't see the future. I can't understand everything that happens to me. But you can. Thank you for offering me forgiveness. Please be my captain. Amen. As you hear this final song, think about Jesus that way as the one you can lean on when you're not strong.